Welcome to episode 10 of One More Story. Parents, if you want to get right to the first story, you can find it at the 16-minute mark. But come back to the interview. We get into social media, privacy, kids. You'll definitely want to check it out. Because my guest tonight is Kelsey Kreppel. She is a preschool teacher turned YouTuber and entertainer. She also has her own podcast, Circle Time with Kelsey Kreppel, and used to babysit my kids until she got too busy and too famous. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And just so you know, babysitting your children was one of my absolute favorite things to do. Aww. And I'm I'm so happy I got to do it for all those years. It felt like a long time. It did. Do, do you remember when uh, the cops, they blocked off our street and they wouldn't oh, let I, <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> I really won't. Wait, that was, was that... crazy. And they wouldn't talk to me. They would only talk to you. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a topic for another show, I think. <laughs> Were you here when SWAT like came into our backyard like there was that the same I, time i think so i think that might have been the same time that sounds very familiar so i feel like i was present for that yeah like there was like a bizarre period where where they just had some some manhunts here in the 818 <laughs> yeah. and it's it's generally a very quiet suburban it's, it's neighborhood a very nice quiet neighborhood yeah it was surprising no, it was terrifying. We had like, you know, drug dogs in our backyard or well, whatever they sniff for drugs, bad guys, things you're not supposed to <laughs> nefarious things. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was a crazy time. It was it was. So are you are you still doing any preschool teaching? Or are you full time YouTubing it vlogging? I was teaching or actually at least just helping out at the same preschool for up until like about, I guess it's almost two years ago now. And then when my current boss left, I also left because it's just really hard to explain that to somebody new. Like, oh, I also vlog, but just don't (laughs) mind the camera. It's not a big deal. I won't get any kids faces in it. So I figured that was a sign that I should just focus on what's the career that I've made for myself and really just kind of go for it because I think the preschool teaching was a little bit of like a safety net right so it was time well that's awesome so you obviously you you love kids I think that's one of the reasons why you'll be great on this this show you recently got married though and and you banned children from your wedding so I'm I'm a little (laughs) yeah you know it's it's congratulations by the way thank you it's I and you know, I don't know how to explain it. I just you spend a lot of time with them. It's like when you eat when you eat at a rest or like when you work at a restaurant and then you don't want to eat the food anymore. Yes. I was actually really worried that that was going to happen with me like wanting kids of my own. But I think it stopped at the wedding. I just didn't want other people's kids at my wedding, but I can't wait to have my own kids. So Yeah. No, yeah. totally. I, I get it. I mean, it changes the mood of things. I just wanted everybody to have fun, you know? I didn't yeah. want... I think people need sometimes need an excuse to, like, leave the kids at home. No, totally. I, I think, especially now that, you know, I'm 11 years into being a parent. Which is crazy. Yeah. 
so you, crazy. You need breaks. And yeah, it's like, it's oh, this is an adults only weekend. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Kelsey said you're not allowed to come. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I'll be the bad guy. So where did you get married? We got married in Palm Desert. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. It's it's been my favorite place since I've been a little kid. We used to go or we still go every year, my family for Easter. And so it was kind of always like my dream to get married there one day. And was this a, a big wedding, small wedding? People come in from all over. Um, I would people did come in from all over. My husband is Canadian, so there okay. was, you know, some international travel not not super crazy international but you people were coming in from all over and you know some people i've talked to make it seem like my wedding was really small and then some people make it seem like it was the biggest wedding ever it was 150 people that's what we did okay yeah. i th yeah. i think it i've been to like weddings with like 250 around there and it seemed that's, kind of like a lot that's a lot and so we we wanted to keep it as small as we could so right. 150 was a good middle ground i feel yeah and it's easier to keep it small when you tell people that they can't bring their kids exactly so. yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's that was the goal well i'm i'm particularly excited to have you on because you are thriving in a space that many of us old farts are unfamiliar with which is i YouTube. feel like an old fart a lot of the time too <laughs> just to be clear well, I remember one of the first times I, I met you, we were at an event at the school and I was wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt and you said, oh, that's my dad's favorite band. And you instantly made me feel ancient. Oh my God, did I make you feel old? That's <laughs> so sad because I was probably like, this guy is cool and he actually like gets it. And so you're one of the only parents I probably wanted to talk to. And I said that and I made you feel bad, but I just thought you were cool. No, but it, it is. It's funny when you get to my age as a parent and you're meeting teachers, you're just assuming everyone's your age. And then you're like, yeah. Wait, no, no, they're these teachers are young. Yeah, I know. I also I also tend I, to look younger than I am. I think like yesterday, I was out to lunch with my parents, actually. And we were at this place that they go to all the time. And so they knew the waitress and she was like, Oh, my gosh, are you home from college? Are you visiting? <laughs> and I was like, I am 30. I like I'm not home from college. But that'll be very flattering in about 10 years. Yeah, eventually it'll be fine. You know, <laughs> eventually when I have to tell when I don't have to tell people I'm not like 19, then it'll be great. Right. So how did you how did you get started in YouTube space and the vlogging and everything? Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. When I met my husband, now husband, he had just started making youtube videos full-time and it was a world that i was not very familiar with but it seemed fun and he you know was his own boss and he was self-sufficient and all of that kind of stuff and so i was curious and at the time i was nannying actually because i had to stop teaching for a bit just because i needed to make more money to support myself than what I was making teaching, unfortunately. Yeah, teaching doesn't really cut it, I know, it's a bummer. It should, it should. Yeah, it absolutely should. But so I was nannying and I really didn't like nannying. And so I wasn't happy with my job. And then he would also kind of ask me to be in his videos. And mm -hmm. I really loved doing that with him, but I didn't, and I wanted to keep doing it, but I didn't want people to just know me as like Cody's girlfriend 
or just like right. the random like the girl that's in Cody's videos like if they're if I'm gonna put myself in this position I want people to like know me for me and so I was like I'm not happy with my current job seems cool to be your own boss like maybe I should just try it and so for Christmas that year he got me like a vlog camera and was like shoot for the stars basically and then, so I started making videos and it worked out and here we are your personal life is your work do you find it challenging to have privacy or pressure to document everything like where are your boundaries and how how do you navigate that yeah i think because i started when i was a little bit older it really i had like a my head on straight already and so I just knew that if I wanted to make this last and be happy that there were certain things I was going to have to keep for myself. And like Cody is very much the same way. And we're both very much on the same page of like what we are willing to share with everyone and what we know we want to keep private and like just for our family. And it's never been like we're always like our family is the first priority. And so like if there's if there are times when I don't want to film or there's something that I want to keep for myself, even if like. I know it would get a lot of views or whatever, like our wedding video, for example, that will not see the light, like that will not be on the internet. That right. will be for me and my family and, and that's it. And regardless of how many people I'm sure want to see it, like you have to keep some things just for yourself or else you don't have, like you have to have things just for yourself. And it's like our family's the most important thing. If we didn't have YouTube or anything, like we'd still have each other. And so we want to make sure that that's the most important thing, you know? I think if you do start this probably too early in life, you can easily lose yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it would be a struggle to sort of to have a private life and to set those boundaries because if you if you start it when you're, you know, my son wants to start Gabe wants to start a YouTube channel, yeah. you know, and it's like I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're it's one thing if he's posting like edits of sports video, you know, right, I don't want right, his right. I, I don't want his face all over the place. Right. And and that is a struggle with kids. Like, I mean, are you you talked about having kids one day, like do you see you'll be like one of these mommy blogger kind of influencers or No, I don't think I'll be a mommy blogger. I I'm not, I don't think. I definitely won't be, but it's going to be interesting to see that where that line can be drawn because I don't want to stop working. Like I want to keep, right. I do love vlogging. And I think, I think that I, it's like my, my goal to just make people feel like you don't always have to be like doing the most to get what you want, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of YouTubers these days, are like their vlogs are like very, it's very intense and they're showing you like the most, extravagant things and it's very just all for show and i my vlogs are very much just like me in my pajamas at home like making mac and cheese or whatever it is and like i just want people to feel like it's okay to just do stuff like that so i don't want to stop doing that because i want to be like a safe space on the internet because the internet's insane right now but i also like i don't want to show my kids faces i don't want to like expose them for like a temper tantrum or whatever it is like i want them to feel like their privacy is respected at even when they're babies so it is going to be interesting to find the line of like what i share it'll it'll probably be just me sharing my day-to-day -day as a mom but not involving my kids at all you know right because if you do share that stuff like we get 
permission from the kids if we're going to post something like with their faces or something. And that was, that was an idea that they had early on. And, and I was like, Oh wow. Yes, I should, I should respect that. you, You know, if you end up posting like a tantrum of your kid and then as a teenager, they, they see that. They're going to hate you and they already have, they'll already have enough reasons to hate you by that point. I will like 100% (laughs) do that on my own. I don't need to involve the whole internet, you know? So what is your, what's your YouTube channel? Just so people can check it out. It's just my name, Kelsey Kreppel. Yeah. So you can find it there. I, I like to say I post once a week, but I haven't actually posted in, in a few weeks. I, sometimes you just like, I really try to listen to what's going on and if I need some time to not film every single thing I'm doing every day I just I just won't do it because then I'll go crazy so yeah tell me a little bit about circle time what is what's the format for that what was the the inspiration for that yeah the inspiration was uh obviously teaching and circle time I was actually doing all of the zooms for this the preschool during COVID because I was like the only person who could figure zoom out like the only teacher (laughs) (laughs) and so it was just and i was like i didn't live super close to the school and so it kind of made more sense for me because the school was still open so just it made more sense for me to be on zoom and circle time was really the only thing that we could do on zoom and so like i was talking about circle time every single day it was the main main thing that i was doing during covid was circle time and then i realized that it could be the format that I use for circle time, talking about your week and what's happening and doing journal time and all of that kind of stuff. Like all of that could be turned into a podcast because I had wanted to start a podcast for a while, but nothing felt like me. And then once I thought about this, it felt very, very me. And so I basically just formatted like what we do during circle time and just kind of made it more adult. And I just like wanted to give myself and the people that I have on just kind of it's like i wanted the childlike wonder of preschool because kids are so open and honest and stuff in preschool and i wanted that that kind of vibe i guess but in like an adult format like in more adult conversations and stuff but it's been really fun so far and i've i've loved doing it so topic wise i mean do you is it current events is it fashion i mean what is it everything I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. So like, do you try to keep it light? Uh... (laughs) I do try to keep it light. I would say I try my best to keep it light. But there's pop culture. It's really just like what's happening in my life. If it's just a solo episode, I'll kind of just talk about whatever's going on that week in my life. Um, And then I always kind of steer into one thing or another, a lot of pop culture stuff. And with my guests, it's either like getting to know them if I don't know them too well, or if they, if I know that they love to talk about something because they're always talking about it on Instagram, we'll kind of dive into it there. It's just kind of like whatever's going on, really. All right. Yeah, it's fun. And people can find it, Circle Time with Kelsey Kreppel on all the major podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts fantastic yeah well are you feeling a little warmed up yeah i know i'm so ready i'm so nervous but i'm i'm ready i think all right how many words do you have there i have a lot i'm just gonna randomly pick one (laughs) uh money okay 
Once upon a time, there was a young boy who grew up in the middle of Oklahoma and didn't have much money. And he lived in a very small house with his parents and his sister. His name was Jeremy. And Jeremy, from a very early age, the parents did everything they could to provide for him and his sister. But he went to a school where there were some other kids who had a lot of money. And from a very early age, he was fixated by this idea of becoming rich. He did not want to live the way his parents lived because around the holidays for Christmas, they'd always get him and his sister a gift, but it was it was nothing special. A lot of times it was a used toy that they got at Goodwill and, you know, it, it made them happy. But, you know, he would go to school and he would see a kid at school talking about the Xbox he got or the kid that was wearing the new Nike Airs and was selling them on StockX and starting a, a business of his own and and he was wearing jewelry. His his name was Clarence. Clarence always had all the bling and he had the fancy shoes. He had an eBay store. He had a StockX thing and and he was killing it. So Jeremy and Clarence were friends and, and Clarence was a, was a cool kid. He wasn't like a snotty rich kid or anything. And they really liked each other. They had a genuine friendship. And Clarence said to Jeremy one day, he said, because Jeremy was admiring his uh, his Air Force Ones. And he said, you know, Jeremy, my parents aren't super wealthy either, but I just, you know, I have a, a good mind for business, you know, even as a nine-year-old kid. And I've started some of these things on my own and maybe maybe I can teach you my ways. And maybe you can start your own shoe selling operation maybe maybe you could be a successful sneakerhead like me and jeremy thought that was an amazing thing because what kid doesn't like cool sneakers so one day jeremy went over to clarence's and clarence got him on the computer and he he started a StockX account for him and he said all right jeremy this one time and you're gonna have to pay me back but I'm going to give you this pair of shoes and I want you to list them. And then from there on, you can start your business and you can start earning a lot of money. So he did. He let he let Jeremy take the laptop home and the sneakers, took a photo of them, posted it. That night, Jeremy went to bed. The next morning, Jeremy woke up and he had an offer for the shoes and he was so excited because this was the start of his sneakerhead career and he was thrilled. But the offer was for less than he originally thought that the shoes should be. And so Jeremy went to Clarence and he said, Clarence, what should I do? And Clarence, he helped him figure out how to work out with the buyer and get the price that they originally wanted. So he sold the shoes for the original price and it was Jeremy's first sale and he was so excited and then he wanted to keep selling the shoes but he didn't have the shoe collection that Clarence had and the connections to sell 
or the shoot to find the shoes. So he he did what he had to do, and he he went home and he found a couple pairs of shoes in his closet, the only two other pairs of shoes he had, and he put them online and he put them up for sale. And in a couple days, both of those pairs of shoes sold, and he couldn't be more excited. He was finally making money, and he was selling his shoes, and he was doing just what Clarence was doing. But he wanted more. It wasn't enough. So he did something he might not, he shouldn't have done. And he snuck into his sister's room and he took a pair of her shoes and he put them online and he put them up for sale. And he didn't tell her, didn't tell his parents. And he sold his sister's shoes. And a couple days later, his sister realized that her favorite pair of shoes were gone. And she was devastated and no one knew what happened to these shoes. And Jeremy, although his sister was sad, he couldn't really see why she was sad because he got the money and he was a little bit too excited about that. And so he didn't tell anyone. The only person he told was Clarence what he's done. And Clarence, he's a business guy. And so he said, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And Clarence told him that it was okay. So Jeremy kept his secret and he wanted to make more money. So what did he do? He snuck into his dad's closet, took a pair of his dad's shoes and snuck into his mom's closet and did the same thing. And then his parents started to realize that Jeremy's piggy bank was getting more full and their shoes were going missing. And his parents started to realize that maybe something was going on with Jeremy and they sat him down and they talked to him. And they didn't want to accuse Jeremy of stealing their shoes right off the bat because they wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. He had always been a good kid. But what they didn't realize was that the lure of money was so great that it had compromised his values. So they asked him, Jeremy, do you know where all of our shoes are? Because they had, for a couple days now, just all as a family been walking around barefoot. They had to send their daughter to school barefoot and they were getting letters from the school. It was it was not a good look. And, and his dad, who worked in construction, needed shoes. It's very dangerous to work construction in bare feet. There's all sorts of hazards, right? And stone-faced, Jeremy looked them in the eye and said, I don't know what happened to your shoes. And they were really disappointed because they they, they, they knew he was lying. But they didn't know what to do about it because, again, he had always been a good kid. So Jeremy went off to school that day and he realized he had he'd run out of shoes to take from his family and he needed more shoes to sell. He was absolutely addicted to selling shoes. So during gym class one day, everybody had finished their exercises and you know kids were getting changed in the locker rooms he snuck in to a couple kids bags and stole their shoes what he didn't know was that the gym teacher saw him he was caught red-handed and so the gym teacher called his parents into the office called in the principal jeremy i saw what you were doing I saw you taking all of your friends' shoes, all of your classmates' shoes, and it's not okay. You've you've been caught, and I just want to know 
why you're taking everybody's shoes. What's happening here? What's going on? And then the gym teacher said, I noticed your parents are also barefoot. So have you been taking their shoes as well? And Jeremy at this point didn't know what else to do because he really had been caught. The gym teacher saw him. He couldn't help himself. And so he finally came clean and he said, I've been taking people's shoes because I found a business and I wanted to make money. You know, I wanted to get, get a job for myself because he really, he meant well when he was selling his shoes. He just wanted a job. He wanted to make some money, but then he got too excited about the money. And then he started to just get a little greedy and try to get as much money as he can. And he didn't realize what he was taking from everyone else. And so he came clean. His parents said, we had a feeling. This is what we tried to talk to you about. And while they were all sitting in the principal's office, which is right next to the nurse's office, they hear Jeremy's little sister is in the nurse's office. And she was upset because she accidentally stepped on a staple and she didn't have any shoes. And so it went into her foot and she was hurt because she didn't have any shoes. And so Jeremy ran into the nurse's office and he saw how upset his little sister was and he saw that she was in pain because of the fact that she didn't have shoes and he knew that he took the shoes from her. And in that moment when he saw that he's accidentally caused pain to his little sister, he realized that no amount of money in the world would be worth anything because if, if, if the people that he loved were getting hurt. It was then that he realized that it just wasn't worth it to take things from people he loves because he saw how upset his and hurt his little sister was. And in that moment, he thought, I will never take from those I love and I will never put those I love in danger just to get something for myself. He realized how important his family was and how important the people he loved were. And so his sister was okay. They fixed her foot and he returned the shoes to his friends from gym class before he sold them, luckily. And he used the money that he made to buy his sister a new pair of shoes. And same with his, he bought his dad some new construction boots and he bought some new shoes for his mom. And he said to Clarence, listen, I can't get involved in this. I want to make money, but put it towards helping people and not just use it for myself. And Clarence understood. And so then him and Clarence decided to use the money that they were making and that Clarence was making. And to every pair of shoes that they sold, they donated a pair of shoes to someone who needed them. And that's the story. Okay, that was great. Kelsey Kreppel, are you ready for your solo story? I guess so. Yes, I am. Perfect. The word is BFF. Oh my goodness. Okay, BFF. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Claire. And Claire went to a school that she absolutely loved. She was on the soccer team and she had so many friends and she loved all of her classes and she just loved going to school every single day. And she thought, how how could life be any better than it is 
right now I'm, I love my classes, I love my friends. She was just loving life. Until one day she came home and her parents sat her down and they said her dad got a new job and they had to move and go to a different school in a different area. And Claire was devastated because she just wanted she just wanted her regular life. She didn't want to move. Everything was perfect. Why would she move? But she had no choice. So they packed up her house, they packed up her soccer balls, and they got in the car and they drove about 30 minutes to her new house and her new school. And when Claire got to her new school, she realized it was completely different than her old school. And she instantly felt like she didn't fit in. The next day were soccer tryouts and Claire thought soccer is the only thing I know, so she was gonna try out for the soccer team. But the captain of the soccer team didn't seem to want Claire to join because she was really good and the captain of the soccer team was worried that Claire would become the new captain. So Claire tried out and they gave her a really hard time and she was just upset because she felt like she didn't fit in anymore. And as she continued to go to school there, she met a couple people and she realized that the only way she was going to enjoy her new school was if she really started to make an effort. So she joined the soccer team and she tried her best to listen to the captain and to get on the captain's good side. And as she did this, she learned that their team was really connected and had something really special. And it was something she had never seen before because she thought that her team, her old team, was the best one. But she realized that this team actually really loved each other and was a very solid group. And they played all their games and she finally got into the groove with her new team and she was kind of starting to like her new school, but she wasn't too sure. And then her new school had to play her old school in a game. And when she went over to say hi to her new friends, she realized that none of them wanted to talk to her anymore. And they said, well, you seem to love your new school so much and you don't love us. And they weren't very nice. And she thought, what, what's happening? I thought these were my best friends and they're, they're not even being nice to me. And in that moment, her new team came over and they said, you're with us. We'll never let anybody hurt you. And we're going to play together and we're going to be good together. So she said, okay. And so they joined. And then so she jumped into the new team. They battled it out. It was a crazy soccer game going back and forth, scoring goals. And these people who she thought were her best friends, actually, she just, they weren't very nice. And she realized that it's not about just because somebody looks or acts like you and because people just like you because you're good at soccer doesn't mean that they're your actual friends. Because this new team, even when she was at her lowest point, when she was the new girl, they let her join and they showed her what it was like to be a true friend. And just because she wasn't exactly like them and she came from a different area and she looked a little bit different than them, they still let her join because they were actually friends. And they showed her that it's not about where you come from or how many friends you have, but it's about being there for the people that you, that are on your team. And they stick by you and they're on your team no matter what. And so she realized that those were her true friends. And after the crazy intense game, her new school won the game and they all celebrated. And she learned what it meant to be a true best friend. And she learned that it was about being there for the people around you no matter where you come from or if you're new or if you're nervous. It's, 
it's not about fitting in with everyone. It's about being who you are and, and doing what you want to do. And she joined the soccer team because she that's what she wanted to do. And they let her and those were her true friends. And she realized that that's who she wanted to be best friends with. And it wasn't just the people who she thought she should be friends with. And so they continued to play their game. They won. They moved on to the championships. They won the championships. And although it was scary to join her new school and to make new friends, she ended up loving it because she didn't have to try to be anyone that she wasn't. She could just be herself, and they loved Claire for who she was. And then after soccer season was over, she graduated from her new school, and she moved on to college. And at this point, Claire knew what it was like to go to a new school. Obviously, college is a little bit bigger, but she felt really ready and confident that she was going to make some more good friends because she really knew who she was now thanks to her new best friends that she met in high school. So when she went to college, she joined the soccer team and it was really there that she found her absolute best friends ever because they all lived together and they traveled to different schools and to different states together and her and her college soccer team, they all got really, really close and she met her absolute best friend there and that is where she learned that sometimes your best friends turn even into more than that because she considered these girls like sisters to her because they were living together and they were traveling so much. And something really special happened where her best friends from high school came to one of her college soccer games and they met her now college best friends and having all of her best friends together in one room or on one field, I guess, made her so happy and she realized that when you find good friends around you and you get to introduce them to each other, you'll, you'll see that they become really good friends too. And it's nice to meet your friends' friends because a lot of times that's where you'll find new best friends because you have a mutual love for someone and then you come together and it's like one big happy family. So she got to see her high school best friends from her from the school that she went to and then her new college best friends become friends and then once they graduated college they moved on and they were all like one big conjoined happy family of all of her best friends and that is when she realized that she was the luckiest girl in the world it wasn't when she just went to a school and was popular and played soccer but it was when she had all of her best friends around her that's when that's when you're lucky is when you just have those good friends around you and she was so happy the end <laughs>